This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's get it going. Happy Friday. Happy Calgary Flames game day. Your Flames in action tonight. It's their Pacific Division rivals, the Vancouver Canucks. And a massive matchup when it comes to the Calgary Flames' fate. Ahead of a Western Conference playoff battle. Ducks coming on on Sunday for the Flames. Just this one-game road trip out to Vancouver for some Friday night hockey. Big news on the out-of-town scoreboard last night. A loss for the Nashville Predators. Oh, and the Winnipeg Jets just happened to be in action tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. Could be a busy 24 hours with lots of movement potentially happening when it comes to that battle for the final wildcard spot in the West. But, of course, we'll be all over it today right here on Sportsnet 960. This is Sportsnet Today. I'm Logan Gordon along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Of course, we'll talk lots of Flames and Canucks on the program today. We'll kick it off with Pete Labardius in just moments. But uh, it's also the start of the WHL playoffs tonight for the Calgary Hitmen. They're up the road in Red Deer, so we'll check in with the play-by-play voice of the Hitman a little bit later on this hour, Brad Curl, to get you a little bit of a playoff preview before the Hitman and the Red Deer Rebels kick off their best-of-seven series tonight from Red Deer. Take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard and, of course, dive back into yesterday's crazy opening day victory for the Toronto Blue Jays. But let's kick things off like we always do. Head down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Say hello to the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. He is Peter Labardius. He's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. They're now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Happy Friday, Lou. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm happy. Good. Good to hear, my man. Uh, Big game tonight. Pacific Division battle, Flames and Canucks, and... Uh, look, after a Nashville loss last night, they get shut out by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jets are in a bit of a free fall. They played tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. We've said it for a while now, Lou, but really another pivotal two points coming up potentially for the Calgary Flames tonight. Yeah, I'm finally willing to talk about the P word, and the P word is playoffs. With 21 games to go, I looked at it this way. Can you win a series and then win another series to get to your final seven games where you have a legitimate chance to get in? Well, that's the position the Flames find themselves in as they enter what would I, I would call a seven-game play-in series 
to earn your way into a real one. And they've done that with 28 points in the last 14 games. Did I think that would be enough a few weeks ago? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Their first seven games stretch, they went 3-3 and 1, and then went 4-2 and 1 entering tonight. So they're here, and they don't quite control their own destiny, but with games against both Winnipeg and Nashville in that seven-game series, there's certainly an opportunity and a lane to be one of the eight teams in the West. And I really wasn't sure that I was ever going to get an opportunity to be in this position, at least how I examine it and think about it. But here we are. And here we are in a game that they're going to play tonight in Vancouver and a team that I think has two chances if your focus isn't where it needs to be and your play isn't where it needs to be, that could be the team that throws the monkey wrench into the Calgary Flames plans. Yeah, a lot of people might have written off the the Vancouver Canucks, and fair enough, given where they were midway through the season, Lou, but I always have a chat on Tuesdays with Bick Nazar from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, who handles post-game duties in Vancouver, and, you know, just sort of always keeping an eye on our opponents to the West there and checking in with them. It'll surprise some people to know that one of the hottest teams in the NHL in March has been the Vancouver Canucks, and Rick Tockett has gotten them believing in a defensive style. The goaltending has been much improved. These two games against the Canucks in the next couple of days are not easy outs for the Calgary Flames. No, they aren't, and let's Look at it this way. So here's how I look at Vancouver. So they go through that brutal situation with Bruce Boudreau. And I think what Bruce really accomplished that unfortunately he didn't get the opportunity to finish out, certainly not the way that he wanted to, was restoring the confidence of one player in particular. And his name is Elias Pettersson. Um, I got to tell you, Logan, I was somewhat shocked in my preparation last night. Um, The Flames haven't played them for a while. I knew he was having a good year. I didn't know it was quite that good. Mm -hmm. And I admit it. 95 points. His previous high was 68. He had two 66-point seasons and 68 last season. So he has absolutely crushed it. And he is on a massive scoring streak right now. He is as hot a player as there is in the NHL. And I think Bruce deserves a lot of credit for restoring the offensive confidence of Elias Pettersson and a couple of other players. And then there's the Rick Tockett factor for me. And I think it's equally as important, if not more important. I think Bruce is a whale of a coach. And I think in terms of his ability to get the most out of individual players, I think he's among the best that's maybe ever been around. He was an outstanding offensive player going through the ranks, certainly on his way to the National Hockey League. You know, he had one of the greatest junior careers in CHL history. If you go back and look at his time 
with the Toronto Marlies in the early 1970s. And, you know, you've seen it in lots of places that he's been, whether it's with Ovechkin, some of the stars in Anaheim. And, and you know, Elias Pettersson really needed him to feel better. But Rick Tockett, to me, is more of a Travis Green-styled coach, where structure, how they play, how they check, has probably taken a step in the right direction. And in fact, I know it is and has, because you can't have the record that they have since he joined them, especially with what I would call a very suspect NHL defense, especially right now. And they are not slotted anywhere near as well, 1 through 12, as some other teams are, including the Calgary Flames, or 1 through 6 on defense. But Thatcher Demko is back and playing well after a long, long, long absence and is back to pretty good form despite what happened in St. Louis, Missouri a couple of days ago. And all goalies have that. So I love what Rick has brought structurally to go along with the offensive confidence that has returned, whether Patterson, Quinn Hughes, who has 65 assists. This is a good team, and they are playing very well. And they are loose, and I think they're really enjoying the game because it's been such a struggle for them. They're, uh, they're as dangerous to me in these last seven games as Winnipeg or Nashville, if not more so. Yeah, record-wise, Vancouver is by far the most challenging opponent over the last little while here. I know they're not in a playoff spot, but given how the last month has gone, nobody on the flame schedule who has done near the winning that Vancouver's done the last little while. No, they haven't, and and really, that's, that's it. And it's a game against a division rival that doesn't have much to play for at this point in time, except you don't think that they and their fans who are going to be out in pretty strong force, I would think, tonight and then again next Saturday, wouldn't love to be the team that sticks it to Calgary? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, they will. And yes, they want to. And yes, if the Flames don't play the right way, I do. I, I think they're standing there with, you know, I don't know if they called Tim the tool man, but they've got <laughs> their favorite wrench right there, ready to use on the Flames. Yeah, it's always one of those situations where, hey, if you're not in the playoffs, Lou, uh, you're in, you could do some damage to a divisional opponent that you see plenty of times during the year. That's pretty big motivation for some of those groups and if you're Vancouver you've got two opportunities to do that it can be so doesn't always work out that way no but it sure can be uh from the Flames perspective Lou we're just waiting to hear if there's going to be any lineup news from Vancouver but um assuming things are pretty similar to the last two games out for the Flames where they picked up two victories uh, would mean no Chris Tanev. We'll see what it means about perhaps Michael Stone coming back into the lineup. But uh, there's a defenseman on this group right now that you think is critical for this next seven-game stretch for the Calgary Flames, and that's Noah Hannafin. Well, when Chris went down, it changes the scope of everything. And it changes people's minutes. It changes people's responsibilities. And it really ups both of those things. And 
Noah Hannafin, to me, is a player who, when he plays at the top of his game and makes plays and sees the game and reads the game and helps this team break out of its own zone and does it effectively, this team on those nights has a way better chance to win. And I thought that, you know, even in his time where he was playing, you know, with Chris Tanev, I I really liked his play. But since he's been back with Rasmus, they've been good, but now the challenge is even bigger. And it's bigger for Noah, and it's bigger for the two of them as a pair. Now, for Noah, he has to move it well to be successful because he has the best opportunity of any defenseman on this team with his skating ability to check elite-level people. And But there's more to it than just that. It's about tonight, when you think about it, Anderson and Hannafin are going to see a lot of the Pedersen line with Kuzmenko, who's had a tremendous first year in the league. Or they're going to get the pairing of Miller and Besser coming at them. Because that, for sure is is going to be really important tonight and probably 23 to 25 minutes potentially worth of importance because the way i look at the flames defense is this i i really have a pretty good feeling most nights although some better than others from rasmus and mackenzie Weger, and a decent idea about what i'm going to get from stetcher who will be fired up tonight against one of his old teams and Gilbert. Them getting their minutes up a little bit and being more trustworthy, but the two real key guys for me are Hannafin and Zadorov. Because Noah's had a good year. But right now, he needs to be the player more often than not that I saw a couple of days ago against the Los Angeles Kings. That's the guy they need from here on in and hopefully in the playoffs. And for Zadorov, be simple and steady. Those are two really huge guys for me with seven to go to play their best hockey. And if both those guys do in these last seven games, I think Calgary's got a great chance now to get in. And it'll be interesting for them tonight, Lou, and again in this matchup next week against Vancouver as well. The way that the Canucks have gone, they've kind of gone with two big lines going forward. The kuzmenko mm-hmm. Pedersen line has been a dynamic one, and JT Miller, a guy that's taken a lot of heat, and, and deservedly so at some points. He's really turned his game around as well, forming a nice pairing with Brock Besser there. So the Canucks have two kind of lines that they can throw at you offensively at any given time. You're going to have to watch those matchups, especially on the road for both of these games. Well, and that's why I just went through the whole process of the defense and having to check those two lines. Now, the other part of that story is the forward situation. So when you watch a hockey game, maybe always keep this in mind because it's a bit of a wrestling match or tug of war maybe is a better description. And here's what I mean. So if, if I'm Daryl, 
I obviously, when Patterson's on the ice, I probably want Backlund. And if I can't get Backlund against Patterson, then I definitely want him against Lindholm in that group. That's what I'm looking for if I'm Calgary with the, with the two pairings in particular on defense, especially in defensive zone situations, which are different than neutral zone. And when you start in the other end, as you will watch coaches employ people, it, it, it gives you a chance to maybe get some more minutes out of your bottom pairing. And again, so that's why each and every shift lends itself and is so important because, you know, analytically where the game starts and who you utilize, that's the thing along with probably, you know, how much time each team spends in its zone and the quality of chances that come as a result of doing that are really the four main ingredients for me analytically, because I think they tell a big story. So tonight, Rick Tockett, I think, would love situations to get especially the Pedersen line out, if he can, against the Kadri line. But the wrench in that is, if you feel that you have an advantage, which Rick probably should with the way Pedersen is going and maybe even the Miller line, Logan, how hard do you work to get away from the matchups, how hard do you work to get them at the expense of potentially, because I've seen this happen a lot at all levels. You can get so consumed by the matchup that you want to win that you don't sometimes play the players that you want as much as you can because the matchup overrides your ability to dictate. So those are the things that I look for in games like tonight, where you would certainly say head to head, those two lines against Calgary's two or three, you know, you could make an argument that Vancouver has a chance at home to get more of what they want, but how the flames play and Really, the secret on the road is, can you use all four lines against whoever gets thrown over the boards against you? And that's why even you you take a look at a couple of recent games, like the game with L.A. How critical was the Lewis line to their success? And not just because, you know, Walker Dewar, who's on some run right now, scored the winning goal. It's it's more about how they play, and in order to play them, where can you play them? How do you feel comfortable playing them? And can they start and leave the next group in a better spot than they started? Those are the little intricacies that I have never been more fascinated in when I watch games and break down games. We are chatting with Peter Labardius. He's the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. Flames game day in Vancouver tonight. That means Lou will be with uh, Pat Steinberg for Flames warm-up at 7 p.m. tonight. He'll be on the call with Derek at 8 right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Before we let you go today, Lou, two things uh, I wanted to get to. One of them, 
Uh, a return yesterday at practice for Michael Stone, who's missed the last 19 games with a lower body injury. We heard from him post-practice, said, yep, I'll be on the trip. I'm ready to go when I'm called upon. Uh, would you be calling upon number 26 tonight if you were Daryl Sutter? Uh, no, no, I would not. But I will be calling on him probably sooner rather than later, depending on the opponent, the situation. Um Lefty, righty, I don't think tonight's the night. But if there is one player who has demonstrated, Logan, that he can be away from game action for a long time and come in and give you 12 to 14 quality minutes, it's Michael Stone. And that's the reason why it's not out of the question for me. And it's also why... I'm pretty certain we're going to see him down the stretch. I feel very comfortable and confident about that. Whether it's tonight, that one is up in the air for me. And I would probably for tonight and maybe tonight only say no. We'll, uh, we'll wait and see any changes to the lineup uh, a little bit later on for uh, tonight's game against the Vancouver Canucks. But before we let you go here, Lou, we got one more piece of business to take care of on a Friday. We do it every single week for our friends at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's time for another edition of What Does Lou Say for Roos Chris Steakhouse? All you got to do, head to sportsnet.ca slash 960. Go to the contest tab, find What Does Lou Say, ask Lou your burning hockey question, and if we answer it on a Friday like we did with Kevin's question today, uh, you will be the winner of a $200 gift card to Roos Chris Steakhouse and a pair of Lower Bowl tickets to an upcoming Flames game. This is actually our final pair of tickets to give away for the season, Lou. We'll still be giving away the $200 gift card, but Kevin, uh, our winner today, the last one to get tickets and a gift card. Uh, what does Lou say? Brought to you by Roos Chris Steakhouse. Now open Tuesday to Sunday at 5 p.m., the perfect place to indulge before the game. Enjoy prime steak, broiled to perfection, and serve sizzling on a 500-degree plate. Lou, this has been the topic uh, of the week for Calgary Flames fans, so it doesn't surprise us that our question from Kevin today is about Matthew Coronado. Uh, he says, hi, Lou. What's your expectation for Matthew Coronado and the Calgary Flames, but more so, where do you see him fitting into the lineup when it comes to next season? Well, Future questions are, are always difficult, but I think even him being here around the team, around the team in this type of situation, environment, what's on the line, I think is only really going to help him be part of the opening night roster next year. But he's going to have to earn that. And, you know, we just do not know, Logan, in any way, shape, or form what the summer is going to bring. Um, I really like this player, but this is not for me yet. And I don't, I can't judge it until I see him in an NHL game. And I won't because it's not fair to him. And really I want to speak about things and in a way that I feel completely confident in knowing the answer. I like this player. I think he has an excellent and bright future. But it's not a slam dunk for me right now that he would necessarily, depending on the layout of your team, which at this point is a very veteran group, 
that he for sure starts next year with the big team. He might need some time. A lot of guys do, and they benefit from it in the American League. Because when you when you examine what my expectations are, I can't def- definitively define a role for me until I know exactly what I'm dealing with. So if this question gets asked to me after I see him play, probably more so in a couple of meaningful situations in competition, it would be easier. Do I think he has a great future with the Flames? Yes. Can I properly assess where he's going to be in a lineup and what my expectations are of him? No. I don't have enough info yet. Kevin, thanks for sending in that question. For what does Lou say? You've got that $200 gift card to Roost Chris Steakhouse, plus a pair of Laurel Bowl tickets to see the Flames and Ducks this Sunday, April 2nd. Uh, like we said, uh, no more tickets going forward for this one just as the season winds down, but we'll still be doing this every single week uh, for the $200 gift card to go visit our friends at Roost Chris Steakhouse. So you might not have the Laurel Bowl tickets because we're getting to that point in the regular season, but how about uh, 200 bucks to go see our good friends at Roost Chris Steakhouse, still one of the best giveaways anywhere in radio oh not even close not even close lou you're the best uh appreciate the time as always sir enjoy the rest of your afternoon we'll hear you on flames warm-up uh with pat later tonight hey thank you logan have a good day you too sir peter labardius the color voice of the calgary flames joining us down the atlas beach and sports bar guest hotline he's brought to you every single day to kick off the program by the gemini group home renovations the Gemini Group knows your home renovations. This should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. While the Calgary Flames continue their playoff push tonight on Sportsnet 960, the fan, uh, another Calgary team, the Calgary Hitmen, will begin their postseason aspirations tonight up the road in Red Deer. We'll chat with the uh, play-by-play voice of the Hitmen, Brad Curl, next to get you set for the Hitmen and the Red Deer Rebels right around the corner here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Playoff hockey begins tonight up the road in Red Deer for the Calgary Hitmen. After a thrilling finish to their season, the Hitmen come in as the number seven seed and begin a seven-game series, a best-of-seven series against their provincial rivals in Red Deer tonight. Back to the playoffs after missing last year. Mix in a global pandemic. And uh, we're finally get to see some playoff hockey back from the Calgary Hitmen. Two games in Red Deer this weekend before coming home to the Scotiabank Saddledome for games three and four Monday and Wednesday next week. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. And no one we'd rather chat with uh, ahead of a playoff game for the Calgary Hitmen, then our pal Brad Curl, the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Hitmen, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Curly, thanks for doing this, pal. How are you? I'm great, Logo. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it as always, pal. Uh, excitement level. I know the players will be jacked up. How's the uh, play-by-play guy doing uh, ahead of his first playoff game in a while? <laughs> you know, I'm doing well. I love this time of year. There's always those underlying stories that you don't see coming that just develop out of nowhere. 
Um, guys that maybe flew under the radar in the regular season get all kinds of excited to go to playoff hockey, and all of a sudden you're looking at a guy maybe at 10 goals in the regular season, scores two on opening night. You're like, where did that come from? So I love this time, and I also love how the teams handle it. You know, the pressure of the favorite versus the underdog, those that don't get caught up in the moment. You know, I've seen it all kinds of times over the years. The teams try and set the tempo on game number one, and sometimes you're maybe too excited and you're nervous, and sometimes you're too excited and you take unnecessary penalties, and other teams look like, hey, it's the middle of the regular season. We're totally on our element here. So I can't wait to see when the curtain gets pulled back tonight who responds the best. Uh, I mentioned it coming in there. It's been a bit since we've seen some playoff hockey for the Calgary Hitmen. Uh, a tough miss last year for the team. They had a, a rough second half of the season. They missed out going to the playoffs last year. And then I mentioned the global pandemic that sort of messed things up for everybody uh, in hockey the last couple of years. This is a pretty young team that doesn't have a ton of playoff experience thanks to how the last couple of years have gone, hey? Yeah, uh, th- there's not a lot. You add up all the experience in the roster, they've got 21 games of it. You know, Riley Fiddler Schultz, their captain, has been a five-year player with the Hitman, leads the way with 11 games. Uh, Jacob Wright, who they went out and acquired earlier this season from the Everett Silvertips, has six. And then Sean Chagall, the Anaheim Ducks prospect, uh, only has four. So this is a team that's going to get baptized tonight as a, as a pretty much an entire roster. Um, you know, and that's why those little stories that we talk about, how gonna, people are going to handle different set of circumstances, uh, you know, there'll be a litmus test for Calgary in game number one tonight. So, uh, but there's a lot of teams, as you mentioned, that are going through this right now because we lost two WHL playoff opportunities because of COVID. There's a lot of players in the Western Hockey League that are going to step out on the playoff ice for the first time. So um, it's definitely a nice asset to have, to have some guys on your roster. You know, Fiddler Schultz being the captain, he can, you know, kind of pull the young guys aside and, and talk about it. And I think the big thing come playoff hockey is things get tighter. Um, mistakes get magnified. The goaltenders, um, you know, can quite often define a series. So for Calgary, and I think they're comfortable in this spot. You know, their goaltending is led by Braden Peters. He's 20 years old. Now he hasn't played a WHL playoff game, but, uh, you know, he's number two all time in the franchise and saves. So there hasn't been a situation that he hasn't seen other than the postseason. So they've got experience at the right spots. Their coaching staff is as veteran as it gets. Steve Hamilton, a five-year guy with the Calgary Hitman, has taken this team to the playoffs before as an underdog. They upset the Lethbridge Hurricanes in round number one the last time they were in in 2019. Trent Kassan has a junior A title to his resume and assistant coach, and we all know about Matt Stajan in more than 1,000 NHL games. So they've got experience in the right places that should be able to point this team in the right direction. We always talk about the the cliche of playing your best hockey at the right time, Curly, and that certainly applies to the Calgary Hitmen here. 7-3-0-1 in their last 11 games to help them not only clinch a playoff berth, but move up into this 7 seed. What's gone so right for the Calgary Hitmen in those last 11 games that got them to this point? Well, I think a lot of things you can look at, Logan. Number one would primarily be health. You know, this was a team that we thought had a chance to maybe get to the number four seed at one point in the regular season. It was them, it was Moose Jaw, it was Regina, it was Lethbridge, and they were all pretty much in a pack together, and you wondered who would separate. Well, all of a sudden, the injury bug hits this Calgary Hitman team, and it hit it hard. Uh, And they had a tough end of January, and the month of February was a near disaster where it looked like there was a point in time where we wondered would this team you know, even make the playoffs at one point conversation about potentially home ice in the first round, but they got healthy, Uh, you know, 
three, four of their top seven scores at various points were out of the lineup. They get those bodies back. Then all of a sudden, you know, it takes some pressure off. And I think that was maybe the biggest thing for me. The health of the hockey club gets back. And then all of a sudden, everybody else just had to do their role. You know, the guys that were healthy and playing before, I think they felt the pressure of having to, to maybe do more than what they were capable of in the absence of the others. And then when everyone was slotted into their normal spots, um, you know, they kind of leaned on each other and came together as a group. Uh, they didn't fracture during that, that tough month of February, and they always believed in that dressing room. And then when you've got belief, you've got a chance. And you know, lo and behold, the goaltending started to come along. And, you know, you're not giving up as many grade-A chances in front. When you do, Braden Peters had a terrific end of the season. Riley Fiddler Schultz and Sean Chagall went crazy in the last month of the season. It was pretty much every single night you could find their names on the score sheet. And the defense really, I thought, made uh, huge strides. You know, there were a lot of times in that month of February when the Hitmen were struggling where they had a, a one-goal lead in the third period, and they were making mistakes. They were either looking for another goal to make it a two-goal cushion and end up giving up one, and all of a sudden the momentum switches. Or, number two, they were just having, you know, those breakdowns where you leave a guy unchecked. And I thought the defense really tightened up in the final, you know, month of March to get them to the playoffs and, Carter Yakimchuk offensively can't say enough about him. You know, no one goal away from a 20 goal season as a defenseman, as a 17 year old, he's a second team all-star in the central division. They had so many good stories and you, you need a group. Um, one person can't lead it. So when we talk about it, and look back, there were so many great individuals that came together as a collective that helped them go seven, three, Oh, and one. And I couldn't agree with you more, Logan, this team is playing its best hockey uh, of the season and that's what you want the question i think that might some might ask what's left did you spend all of mm. your energy just to get in is there some more to be expelled here in the playoffs i think there is but we'll wait and see how it all shakes down this will be the seventh time in league history the hitman and rebels square off in a playoff series curly calgary's won twice uh plenty of nhl names plenty of great whl names have uh, littered the scoreboards in these series. You have Martin Erat leading the way back in 2001 when the Rebels won over the Calgary Hitmen in six games. Uh, you would remember, you know, 2016, Jake DeBrusque had five points in a Red Bulls uh, five-game series win, but Victor Rask was big for the Hitmen uh, in 2013. These are two teams that know each other well, Curly, not only in the playoffs, but just this season. They met eight times during the regular season, a 2-4-2 record for the Hitmen, three of those games decided by overtime. Yeah, I, I love the fact that these two teams are going to meet again. Uh, and, and first, I, I want to commend the Western Hockey League for its playoff format. I'm a big believer, and this is no shot at the National Hockey League. We all love the NHL, but I know that there's a large contingent of fans that would like to see the old one versus eight, two versus seven, get rid of the wild card. The WHL did have the wild card. I love the one versus eight because it puts meaning to the regular season. You're going to play 68 games in the WHL. You should be rewarded with a higher seed, in my opinion, if you have more points. And Red Deer, 22 more points than the Calgary Hitmen in the regular season. But you mentioned, despite that gap, Logan, it is real intriguing to me that Calgary was able to have, you know, success like they did against Red Deer to go two regulation wins and then get two more points in overtime. I think you give yourself a, you know, a, a chance. And I think that's all you want going into a playoff series. There's no question. Red Deer is the favorite without a doubt. They are the favorite, but the Calgary Hitman having won those two games in the regular season and pushed the rebels to overtime, two more occasions puts belief in their locker room going, Hey, if we play the right way, 
you know, maybe we got a shot in this series. And I think for Calgary, that's all you want. You want to, you want to give yourself the chance to pull yourself into the series. Right now, everyone on the outside says, hey, this is Red Deer series to lose. So for Calgary, you just want to give yourself the chance, you know, whether it be game one, game two, get yourself in the series as soon as possible. And, you know, it is interesting that these two teams, you know, are only 90 minutes apart and they've only met seven times historically. I I think it's great for the fans. I know there's going to be a Hitman fan bus going up to Red Deer (laughs) for games uh, one and two. I would expect the same. There'll be a Rebel contingent coming down to Scotiabank Saddledome for games three and four on Monday and Wednesday at the Dome. But um, the one thing that really jumps out to me, Logan, when you talk about the memory lane, those seven meetings, you look at the goals against average from the goalie in the winning series, and it's ridiculous. The highest number I could find was 2.22. Everyone else, Shane Bandera, Cam Ward, Chris Drieger, Trevor Martin, Alexander Fomachev, all the goals against average of 2.20 or less. That to me means, hey, we know goaltending is important in the regular season. The team that won every one of these series got spectacular goaltending. No doubt about it. Um, the people between the pipes of this series are going to have a huge impact on who wins it. Looking at this Rebels team before we dive into some uh, individuals on the Hitman Curly, what stands out for you? 43-19, second in the uh, division for Red Deer. They've been a solid team all year long. and they, I don't want to say that they haven't been led by superstars, but they don't really have some of those guys that you would associate as the top of the league type of guys they are a really well-balanced crew coming out of Red Deer. Yeah, they certainly are. And I would argue that they maybe have the best three centermen, uh, one, two, three, that you can deploy as a group together if they choose to use them that way. And Ben King, a 20-year-old who led the WHL in goals last year with over 50. Um, Kai Uchaz, who had 50 this year, and Jaden Group the Calgary kid and the New York Rangers prospect. Those are all big centermen that can fill the net. Uh, number two, their defense is, is, is just stingy, and, and that's kind of been a red deer trademark, whether it was under Brent Sutter or now the head coach, Steve Connell-Walchuk. They don't make it easy on you, and they've got a, a very good defenseman that's uh, Christopher Setoff, who is um, you know, not drafted but recently signed as a free agent for the Vegas Golden Knights. He had a wonderful season, the Finnish import, um, 13th in the league in points, um, 51 and 59 games. And the other thing for me is that Red Deer was able to have success on the power play in the regular season against Calgary. And that to me, as we know, special teams loom so large in the postseason. Red Deer had 11 power play goals in eight games. Now, mind you, the last five of them came in the last meeting, but still point being, they were able to average more than a goal a game against Calgary on the power play. And the Hitman, as we know, had the number one ranked penalty kill in the WHL. First time, since way back in 2009-10 when Michael Stone was on that WHL championship team of the Hitmen. So special teams are always big in the postseason. Can Red Deer's power play keep it going? They've also got tremendous experience behind the bench, led by Steve Connor-Waltrak, who guided the Seattle Thunderbirds to a WHL crown when a young Matthew Barzell was on that squad. So Red Deer's the real deal, um, and they do an awful lot of their winning in tight hockey games. And as you know, in the playoffs, there's going to be tight games. You're going to have to find a way to win those one-goal games, and Red Deer is so good in one-goal games. So this will be a formidable foe for Calgary for sure. Uh, Red Deer Rebels um, are an outstanding hockey club. Chatting with the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Hitman, Brad Crow, with us on a game day for the Calgary Hitman playoff game uh, one against the Red Deer Rebels, round one in Red Deer, uh, games one and two in Red Deer, I should say, and then up for uh, three and four here in Calgary. And 
Uh, we'll be on the alt stream tonight for you to listen to Curly on the call, of course, because the Flames and Canucks take over the main feed tonight. But, uh, Brad, as we get set for this one, uh, a couple of players wanted to talk about, of course, the Hitman Awards coming out, uh, presented uh, to the team a couple of days ago on Sunday. And uh, leading the way, you've mentioned him a couple of times, but what else can you say about Riley Fiddler-Schultz? Uh, player of the year was in there. Uh, top scorer, of course, for this team. Uh, I believe he was also the um, uh, humanitarian award winner for this group. Uh, just everything that he's done. And, you know, it's his last shot in Hitman Colors this year as he's going into year five. But what a chance for him to end his Hitman career off with some playoff experience and hopefully a long playoff run for Riley Fiddler-Schultz with the C on his chest. Yeah, he just really is heart and soul, and that's what you want from your leadership. You want someone who bleeds your team colors, doesn't worry about individual success. And Riley is that guy. He's a total hitman first. And, you know, what happens when you put your team first and do all the right things? Then the accolades come with it. Team leading 31 goals, team leading 44 assists, team leading 75 points, led the WHL all centermen in faceoff wins with 885. He's that guy... This is likely to be on the ice when you're down a goal in the final 30 seconds and is likely to be on the ice when you're up a goal in the final 30 seconds. Just heart and soul and really a wonderful story. And, and his work in the community, um, I think, is, is something that, that he's probably equally as proud of uh, as his hockey accomplishments on the ice. You know, what he's done with the Veterans Food Bank, with Fiddler Schultz, Bills of Ford, and with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Calgary. And he's just just calls himself so fortunate to be in this position and just really gets it as a human being that, you know, there's people out there that, that you know, can, can use a hand. And, and he uses the platform that he's been gifted by playing on a WHL team and being a captain um, to, to use that platform in, in a great way to help, uh, you know, be a leader in our community. And to me, I commend him a hundred times. He didn't grow up in Calgary. He's from the Edmonton area. You know, there's every reason for him to go, you know, pull the normal provincial stride and go, yeah, Edmonton's better than Calgary, always will be, you know, my heart's in the north. No, uh, you know, he came down here, the city of Calgary opened its heart to him, uh, and he's given back tremendously through him and his family. So just a, a wonderful human being. Uh, kind of reminds me of, you know, the kind of legacy that Mark Kastelik left when, when he was such a long-year, tenured player of the Calgary Hitman. You know, Kastelik has gone on, and we see him now in the National Hockey League with the Ottawa Senators. Not sure what the future holds for Riley Fiddler-Schultz. Hasn't signed and has been to a couple of NHL camps. But, um, you know, when you've got people that just are team first, you know, that, that do things the right way, I think there'll be a spot in pro hockey down the road for Riley Fiddler-Schultz. Where that will be, I don't know. But um, he's a terrific leader, and, and the Hitmen are going to miss him dearly. It's his last kick of the can, as you say, his final season in the WHL. Uh, two young men who shared the top defenseman award this year, Curly. There's been plenty of great uh, Hitman defensemen throughout the years, whether you go Jake Bean, Michael Stone, Travis Sanheim, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, these two young men would love to see themselves in that sort of same breath as those great Hitmen, and I love that they split this award because I don't know how you would have picked between Graydon Seatman and Carter Yakumchuk when it comes to top defensemen for the Calgary Hitmen this year. Agreed. You add them together, and that's 90 points. 47 for Yakimchuk, 43 for Seatman. And, you know, th this was a team when the season began, Logan, we wondered, okay, they missed the playoffs last year, eyes are to get back this year, but who's going to score the goals? You know, that was a one question mark is, can they get enough production on a nightly basis offensively to, to get there? And for Yakimchuk, 19 goals, 
Seatman with nine, but 34 assists. Those two are a big part of it. And as we know, you've got to be able to transition the puck out of your own zone. You can't spend long shifts in there. You get in trouble. Mistakes happen. Pucks get turned over and you're digging them out of your net. Yakimchuk and Seatman, a big part of not only, you know, um, once you get to the other end of the rink, but getting the puck out of your own zone. And, and both, you know, had terrific opportunities to move pucks to the net this year. Yakimchuk, nearly 200 shots on goal. Seatman, 141. Uh, they were they were terrific. I agree with you. It would be tough to pick one over the other. Um, it's just a, a great fit that they would be co-winners of Defenseman of the Year. You know, you've got top five scorers on your team, and those two are among the top five. Uh, definitely worthy. And uh, before we let you go, just talk to me about the importance of Braden Peters in your mind heading into this. I think he's been fantastic down the stretch, uh, really solidifying himself as the number one goaltender for this team and had a couple of those performances where I don't want to say he stole it for the team, Curly, but you know, first star worthy type of performances from him. And if he can get some of that in the next couple of games, especially in a playoff format like this against Red Deer, the Hitmen have every opportunity to walk out of this with a victory. Yeah, I would agree with you. And they're going to need him in this series. No question about it. Red Deer has more firepower. Uh, you know, Peters will be a busy goaltender at times. Uh, you know, just go to whl.ca and, and watch any version of plays of the week in the last month, and you're going to see uh, number 35 in that groove. You know, some of the saves that he made and, and to do it the way he did, whether it was, a, you know, using that terrific glove hand that he has or, or going left to right, cross-crease saves, or even just desperation stops. There was one he made off of uh, Braden Edwards of the Lethbridge Hurricanes where he had to reach back with a paddle of his goal stick and, and pick it out of midair to make a stop. Just doesn't quit on pucks and you know for Braden Peters it'll be interesting to see how it how it goes for him in the playoffs given the sense that he hasn't been there before but I don't think that's going to be a factor for him he just seems to me the guy that he can't get rattled and you see it it's no secret when you got a guy at the other end of the net that's in a group what do you do you get after him a little bit you maybe poke into his equipment you try and crowd his crease Peters has such a great ability to just kind of go yeah whatever I know what you're up to. It's not a surprise. No, you're not going to rattle me. He's just that unflappable guy in the cage. So I, I think he's playoff ready. Uh, you know, he's been tuning up for this. It's great to see that a guy that will play as a 20-year-old in his final season in the WHL will get a shot to play playoff hockey. It'd be tough to go through all those years. I know COVID was a big factor and spoiled it for a couple of seasons, but it'd be really disappointing for, for these guys, whether it be Jacob Wright, Riley Fiddler, Schultz, and Braden Peters, the three Calgary Hitman graduates to miss this year. So I'm thrilled that Peters had a great closing month to help get this group into the postseason. Uh, can't wait to see it on the ice. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, Curly. Have a great call tonight, sir. Thank you for the time. We will again uh, check in with you, of course, as we get closer and get uh, this series back to Calgary next week, eh? Anytime. My pleasure. Have a great weekend. Take care, Brad. Brad Curl, the color of the play by play voice, excuse me, of the Calgary Hitman, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Game one, round one for the Calgary Hitman begins tonight in Red Deer. You can listen to the game at sportsnet.ca slash 960. Just go to the alt feed. Of course, the Calgary Flames and Vancouver Canucks will be uh, on the main channel tonight. But if you want to listen to Brad's call, seven o'clock puck drop tonight in Red Deer, we'll have it on your airwaves. Uh, on the main feed tomorrow evening uh, as part of game two in round one. Hitman return to Calgary for games three and four of this series Monday and Wednesday of next week. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll kick off hour two, getting you set for more on the Flames and the Canucks. It's game day in Vancouver. All your Flames coverage right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.